Hello and welcome to Vipers Voices after a second win in two matches for the Desert Vipers in the DP World ILT20. This victory against the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders at the Dubai International Stadium was by the same margin as the side's earlier success against the Sharjah Warriors, a seven-wicket win, this time with 4.2 overs to spare. Coming up, we've got reaction from Alex Hales after his second half century in two matches and also Carl Crow, the spin bowling coach who, amongst other things, gives us his assessment of the contribution of the player of the match when Indu Hasaranga. The Sri Lankan took three for 18 on his debut and his effort was crucial in swinging the match the way of the Desert Vipers. Plenty of talking points then, so let's get cracking. The keys to this win for the Desert Vipers were many and varied. Winindu Hasaranga's contribution can't be underplayed as he dismissed the well-set Charith Asalanka, the big-hitting Andre Russell first ball and then Abu Dhabi Knight Riders captain Sunil Narine. He even managed a wicket maiden in the 16th over of the innings. That contributed to a really disciplined effort from the bowlers in the last part of the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders innings as they scored just 26 from their final five overs. Also, there were no boundaries conceded in 36 balls at one stage in the second half of the innings. Abu Dhabi Knight Riders finished with 133 for 8 after being put into bat, a score that looked as though it could have been closer to 170 until that superb effort from the Vipers bowlers to stifle any hopes of acceleration. Sheldon Cottrell again swung the new ball and finished with 1 for 12, while Gus Atkinson bowled at the start and the end of the innings to take 2 for 35. Rowan Mustafa picked up one wicket in his only over, but it was a crucial one of Colin Ingram, while special mention should also go to Tom Curran, whose four overs went for only 22 runs. The chase began with Rowan Mustafa blasting 23 from only 11 balls to remove any hint of scoreboard pressure, and although two wickets then fell in quick succession, Alex Hales and Sam Billings then combined for the second time in two matches to steady the ship. This time they added 74 for the third wicket and by the time Alex was dismissed for 64 from 47 balls, the match was as good as won. Sam Billings remained unbeaten on 35, while Sherfane Rutherford's cameo of 11 not out from just four deliveries provided a swift finish to proceedings. A terrific win then for the Desert Vipers, maintaining their 100% record and perfect timing too, given their next match is against the same opponents. Let's get some reaction now from Alex Hales and Carl Crow. First up, let's hear from Alex. He was once again in dominant form and hit seven fours and a six, which he tells us all about, as he took full advantage of being dropped on 17. He finished the evening just one run behind James Vince of the Gulf Giants as the tournament's leading run scorer, but that was a secondary consideration to securing the victory. Alex started off by saying that the credit for the win didn't belong just to him. I think we've, um, we have to owe a lot to the bowlers so far in the first two games. We've, we've chased both matches and they bowled extremely well. 
restricting them to only 130-odd. Um, made our job a lot easier. It was a fairly tricky pitch, but there was, there was no scoreboard pressure really to go out and attack. So um, lots of time to get settled at the crease. So yeah, all, really good all-round team performance. Good toss to win? Definitely, I think so, yeah. Um, but again, you still have to bowl well, and we did that. Um, it, looked like it, it felt like it got a little bit better when we batted. So I think nice toss to win, but we still executed our plans really well with the ball. Well, in, in terms of in terms of the way that uh, the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders went, they were actually 104 for three. So at that stage, it looked as though they could get 160, 170. So hats off to the bowlers again, and, and one bowler in particular. Yeah, Hass was brilliant, wasn't he? Um, taking those key wickets when it looked like, like you said, they looked like they could accelerate to sort of 160, 170, and that would have been a real tricky chase on that pitch. So a lot of credit to him. Um, and I thought they actually they batted really well in the middle overs. I didn't think we bowled particularly badly. I just thought they played really, really well. And then Hass took those wickets to, to break the partnership. And then it was a tricky pitch to get started on. So it's a fair, it's a fair play to all of them. Talk to us about the approach to chasing that score, 134, because uh, a lot of pressure was taken off you at the beginning by Rowan Mustafa and the way he went, uh, well, he was like a bull in a china shop, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, that was brilliant. I think um, uh, it was always going to be a little bit easier to bat in the power play, I think, on that pitch. So the way he almost killed the game straight away, um, set the tone, put the bowlers under pressure, and it made my job a lot easier at the other end. So, um, yeah, hats off to him. It was a, it was a really um, important cog in the wheel of that chase. Was the turning point you being dropped on 17? I think so, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that was, one of, that was certainly one of the easier chances you'll see. But um, I'll take those. I'll take those. It doesn't happen all the time. You don't get dropped very often. So when it, you know, when it does happen, it's nice to cash in and, and win the game. Now, you and I chatted after the first match about a couple of shots that you had played in that, uh, in that first game. There was one through mid-wicket. A uh, flat bat over extra cover for six. But I'll tell you what, I think the six you hit off Kumara today, over extra cover, that takes the biscuit, doesn't it? Yeah, so it's a shot I've worked really hard on over the last couple of years. Um, I used to be a really sort of leg side dominant player. So I've, I've tried to develop my offside game as much as possible. And um, yeah, that's certainly, certainly one of my favourite shots I've, you know, I've hit in the last few years. But um, yeah, it's, just, it's an area of my game I'm always looking to improve. What was your approach to that chase after two quick wickets went down very quickly? You're in again with Sam Billings. Yeah, we just, like I said, that, that innings from Ronnie made it really easy. I mean, well, not easy, but it made it easier. There was not a huge amount of scoreboard pressure. So we just had to build. We had to make sure we played Hossein and Sunil Narayan smartly. You know, they're two world-class bowlers and, and they were their main threats. So we just made sure we were careful with them and then looked to attack, um, look to attack the other bowlers. Now, you didn't quite get enough runs today to take the green belt which uh, is the belt that's awarded to the player with the most runs in the tournament. Are you conscious about the, the idea of finishing as top run scorer in the tournament? Um, oh, not really, to be honest. It's certainly not on my mind at the moment. I mean, just want to win games and make sure we're playing finals and then maybe have a closer look at that towards the back end of the tournament um, when, you know, when, when you know a bit more what's going on. But it would be awesome to finish as top run scorer, but um, you know, it's great to be off to a winning start. Well, two wins out of two. It couldn't be better, could it? It's as good as it gets. There's two... Two really impressive performances, both with bat and ball. So, um, yeah, uh, as good as it gets. And what about the fact that you're playing the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders again? How important is that victory? You, you've actually put some daylight between uh, the Desert Vipers and the Knight Riders now as well, haven't you? Yeah, and it's nice. It's, it's, it's a great win. It's quite, um, it's quite a short tournament as well. It's only 10 games. So, you know, there's a real emphasis on getting those wins. Um, it's not like you can ease into the tournament and, and try and build towards the end. Every game's really important. So um, to get those two early wins are really big for the momentum for us. Alex Hales, who now has 147 runs in the tournament at a strike rate of 148 runs per 100 balls. 
Next up, let's hear from Desert Vipers spin bowling coach Carl Crow, who was ringside for the masterclass by Wanindu Hasaranga. And Carl started off by heaping praise on the Sri Lankan spin wizard. Yeah, I mean, that shows the quality of the man who can come in and perform first straight away. Um, obviously, we were delighted when he came in and joined us for the second game. Uh, he came to Nietzsche yesterday, bowled beautifully, bowled well before the game. And obviously, we were all excited to see the quality that he can, he can bring with us. Uh, and he showed it today. Real quality, you know, got two or three of their main players out, went for no runs. And, you know, they had a decent start today, actually. You know, their batting uh, Abu Dhabi Knight Rider started quite nicely. But, you know, he was obviously one of the key bowlers to really pull the run rate down, uh, take the wickets and really squeeze them and obviously end up, you know, with a short target to chase because of what one reason, because of what he bowled so well for us. He challenges the batters, doesn't he? He makes them, he makes them make mistakes, <clears throat> makes them make decisions because he attacks the stumps first and foremost, really, yeah. doesn't he? It does, yeah, yeah, and also very clever. You know, we chatted a lot already about you know speed and length, everything. And actually, his first wicket, um, I watched very subtly. So he brought the wicket about five yards straighter, and the ball went exactly there for the catch um, for the wicket. So you know, he's reading the game very well. He's, he's chatting to him. You know, we obviously had a spin uh, bowlers meeting today, preparing. He's very clear on his plans, knows what bats are looking to do to him. And it showed today he's come out you know, and hit the ground running for us. Well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because the three wickets he got, they were all caught on the boundary. So yeah. I suppose, uh, uh, I wouldn't say detractors, but people might say, oh, well, he's a bit lucky there, isn't he? Because uh, if the batters had middled a little bit, little bit more, it would have gone for six. It could have been three sixes rather than yeah. three wickets. But that's... That, they, that, didn't, that, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't. It doesn't tell the story, <laughs> yeah. does it? Yeah, and, I'm, that's, and that's, you know, exactly right with that. But actually what you don't see is the three or four or five balls before that pressure being built up and then you know the, and then suddenly the player has to look for the big shot the ball isn't quite there you know and players like you know Dre and Sonny are quality players and they, even they're feeling the pressure come out and, and you know, it forces the mistake Did the wicket slow up? Uh, I mean it's tricky actually because you know obviously this is our second game on, in these conditions and I don't think we've still yet quite worked out exactly the way the wicket is I think it's probably is a bit too paced um, and I think you know, we continue to learn. I think one of the things we've talked about a lot in the bowling meetings is communication. Keep making sure that uh, the players are communicating amongst themselves. What way maybe we be during the timeouts we're communicating what we're seeing. And I think the more we go into this competition, we'll learn more about the conditions, and hopefully we'll you know continue to to make the most of them. Now, a spin bowling coach, I'll, I'll ask you this uh, specifically. Rowan Mustafi bowled one over for de- mm. today got the wicket, but only the one over. Was it a case of just him operating with a specific matchup against uh, Colin Ingram? Uh, I mean, firstly, obviously he's bowled very well to left-handers. Secondly, I would definitely into the captain's ear to get him bowling more overs in the future. Um, but I think the beauty of particularly that, those, those spinners in the middle with, with um, you know, Rohan, with uh, Juan uh, Sazaranga, and obviously with Benny Howe, who sort of fits into that spin category. Uh, we can chop and chain those overs quite quickly and actually I think at the start of after the, the um, after the um, um, <laughs> what was I'm looking for uh, the timeout yes. we went and talked about it and actually as we were leaving he decided to bowl one in the second over by the time we get down here Benny's, Benny's bowling so they obviously communicated amongst themselves but we've got so many great options that actually you know the captain can decide last minute to change and see who's facing so we're very adaptable I think and I suppose as well a positive is that in game one, the last five overs went for 54. In this game, the last five overs went for 26. Also, there were no boundaries at all between yeah. overs 12 and 18. So that's a positive that the bowlers are improving. Yeah, definitely. I said that we started a bit slower with the ball today. 
Um, but you're right, you know, the, the second part of our, of our uh, bowling 20 over the board, I think, nicely. And there's real clear plans. And, and obviously, we took the wickets that, that helped throw the win rate as well. So, um, as always, we'll review and look at the areas where we could have improved, but significantly, um, you know, some good performances from with the ball for some of our guys. And I'd delight to see the spinners contributing as well. Well, at one stage, it looked as though the Desert Vipers were going to be chasing around 170. Mm. So that was a pretty terrific effort in the field in that second half of the innings, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. And we needed to because 170, I think, might have been a tricky chase on that because I've got some good bowlers, but... I think once we restricted them to 133, I think, you know, we give ourselves a significant chance to win the game. And, you know, Alex has played beautifully again, has has Sam. Uh, Ronnie played really nice at the start in the power play role. So, you know, we're putting us, lots of guys already contributing. Gives us a good momentum building into the sort of rest of the tournament, really. Now, I've got to ask you, as spin coach, you must have uh, had your neutral hat on for a, a short while and really enjoyed the way that Akil Hossein and Sunil Narayan bowled because they, they were really <laughs> testing, weren't they? Yeah, they bowled nicely. They're both fantastic bowlers, uh, but I thought we played them nicely. And again, well, we were very, um, not fortunate, but very skillful in terms of keeping a, a lower target. Had we chasing 170, you know, facing them becomes a different proposition, but able to keep them to 130, you can play them more cautiously, you can play them, you know, we, we actually played them very nicely. And the significant thing, I suppose, is that the Desert Vipers have now put some daylight between themselves and the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders. There's four points between them now. That, even at this early stage of the tournament, that's important, isn't it? Uh, I think it is, yes. But obviously, we play them again in two days' time, so that becomes a really important match. You know, if, if we beat them, then, you know, they go to naught from four. Um, you know, if, if we win, we're three and zero, and that's obviously a great place to be. Flip that on its head, and actually, it turns around. So, you know, there'll be no complacency from us. We'll review train well tomorrow, prepare for the game. And, you know, we know they'll be coming hard at us. They're zero from three. They'll be hurting. You know, they're, they're a franchise that are full of pride in their performances. We know they're going to come hard at us. So, you know, we can't for one minute let our guard down. And, of course, from your perspective, you know a lot about recent conditions in Abu Dhabi, don't you? You were, yeah. you were coaching, uh, coaching in the T10 yep. just before Christmas. So you'll be able to bring that experience yeah. to bear in, in helping the players prepare for that match in two days' time, won't you? Yeah, certainly will do. You know, the conditions there were different to here. Um, James Foster, our head coach, you know, he was also at the same time um, out there for T10. So lots of guys have experience with there recently. And so you know, we'll be communicating that as part of our strategy so we think about how we've done today, but we adapt our strategy according to the conditions over there because they are a little bit different. Desert Vipers spin bowling coach Carl Crow reflecting on the side's seven-wicket win over the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders and also looking ahead to the return match in Abu Dhabi, the next encounter on the Vipers' schedule. And that's it for this latest reaction podcast episode of Vipers' Voices. Next up for the Desert Vipers is a match on Friday the 20th of January in Abu Dhabi against the same opponents, the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders, and we'll look ahead to that clash in our next podcast. As ever, please like and subscribe to make sure you get the very latest interviews and news from the Desert Vipers camp during the DP World ILT20. And remember, you can also follow the Desert Vipers on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook too, as well as visiting the website at thedesertvipers.com. You can also buy tickets for all Desert Vipers matches online. Just look out for them through the Platinum List website and app. For now though, this is Brian Murgatroyd and as ever, thanks so much for listening.